Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here, just a stupendous co-host. I'm a subpar performer, even on my most fabulous day. And our fabulous producer, Rob Center, is off, so we have a stupendous replacement, and that is uh, none other than Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were having a little trouble. I well, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say what I almost called him. We have a nickname for him around here, but I'm not going to use that. So welcome aboard, oh, Mark. Thanks me, for coming in. What's Mark's nickname? Very glad to see you. Don't turn your <laughs> mic on. That's okay. Are you there? I am here. Perfect. Okay. okay. Welcome aboard. Well, super glad to see you. He's. Uh, what's your nickname, Mark? <laughs> Nothing. It has to do it's the initials ML, so we won't use those on the radio. So, all right, but Mark is here, so we appreciate him. So now we got two Marks and on the Mark. Now we're really on the Mark. You're the odd man out, Joe. You're the pariah. Now my name is Mark, too. Oh, is he? <laughs> Okay. All right. It's my middle name. We invite you to do what I have done. I did this in the past 24 hours, just a triple check. And if I didn't want my Ranger, which is uh, perfect, they have 11 other Rangers on the lot. Uh, some are pre-owned and are in perfect condition. Some are brand new. They have one with a six-foot bed, a couple with a five-foot bed. They all have the auto-stop technology. Well, you know, you're, they are very upset with you over at Sunbury Motors. I mean, you're clogging up their website, building these vehicles that you don't actually buy. Now, what's wrong with that. Well, I mean, you ought to actually buy one. Okay. I think you need to get your wife, get your title, and head on down. I do have the green light. I guess I should do that. Well, one of the things that all of the new Rangers have is the auto stop technology, uh, and that's when you get to an intersection or you're parked for a time, uh, it turns off the motor all the while your air conditioning and lights and everything continues. So it's a great way to save uh, gasoline. And as a result, uh, the average gasoline mile for the highway is uh, 24 to 26 miles per gallon. So that's even higher. So uh, your lifetime average on that vehicle, you're going to save even more gasoline. Again, you can have the six-foot bed or the five-foot double cab or just the regular super cab with the little jump seats on the back, and it's a perfect vehicle. But there's a lot of other perfect vehicles there, too, at the Sunbury Motor Company, literally hundreds of them. So visit sunburymotors.com, see their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. Select your perfect vehicle and purchase it online right from your home. So that's a rare opportunity. They want you to be uh, super happy, and they want to super serve you at the Sunbury Motor Company. Go to sunburymotors.com. Do as I do practically on a daily basis. Rebuild that Ranger. Uh, I got one with a six-foot bid, double cab, black in color, Raptor package, sunroof, 
power rear window. I made arrangements to have the next thing you build delivered to your house. No matter what. No matter what. Just to <laughs> shut get you a up. knock at the door. <laughs> your new Ford Ranger is here. They're going to they're going to deliver it personally right to your door. It'll be absolutely contactless. <laughs> <laughs> My lovely bride will be, uh, honey. Except the bank will be sending you a paperwork. <laughs> well, that's okay. We can we we can sign it. We'll get her done. So you know we were talking yesterday about schools and reopening and and how what the balance and we talked to Dr. Duraco, but I see this morning that the AMC theaters are going to open up again in our area. They're going to open up on August 27th. Okay. Yeah, that's been known for a while. They picked that a while ago. So, all right, but, you know, here we have, I heard this morning on Gordon Deal's program, or maybe it was on CBS News, forget which one. I always worry about CBS News, the home of original reporting. I mean, are they making you this stuff that, up? Yeah, I do. They're making it's like this original stuff up. artwork. It's original original reporting. No one else has got this stuff because we're making it up, folks. <laughs> all the news is fit to print. But um, that, uh, they said really that there happen. was a school district in Mississippi that uh, opened up and immediately closed because some one of the teachers came into contact with some somebody who had symptoms similar to coronavirus but okay. hadn't actually been tested. You know, and I think that brings up the point that Dr. DeRocco made about, you know, you're not going to be able to make these changes on a daily basis, and, and apparently that's what they're doing in some states. And I agree with him. I don't think, I don't see how you're going to do that. I mean, you can't yo-yo these kids in and out of school. Uh, and uh, some of the districts are starting now September 8th. What is magical about September 8th? Why is that going to be any better than August 27th or August 19th or whatever. I don't, I'm not certain I understand the rationale. Do you? Well, the districts get the numbers on Monday, this substantial, moderate, low-risk thing, probably because it comes out on Monday, and that's a Tuesday. So it would give, oh, no, it's a Wednesday. Okay, so that would give them a couple of days to get ready after the new numbers come out on Monday or this new evaluation. I, I think what Mifflinburg is hoping is that uh, Union County will go from substantial to uh, moderate or low. But uh, based on these numbers, again, you have very little mask wearing in Union County county and as a result you have an outbreak of people very few deaths i mean i'm not trying to scare anybody or anything i'm just saying you have a lot more cases you know at least a dozen a day and sometimes two dozen but that's to be expected most of these people get sick recover a very 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 few end up in the hospital uh, you have to wait a month to find out if any of them die from it that's you know basically it's about as long frame. as it takes to get your test results back too right so you have <laughs> <laughs> right well that's another topic oh yeah no, that's way, another topic that guy that died last week yep it was coronavirus but anyway uh, but anyway so you know that gives them a couple weeks until that uh, until then you know that's uh, three weeks from now basically so uh, we'll see where this particular trend goes uh, let's suppose folks in Union County in the rural parts of the county and you know the Wanger store and the Billy Allred uh, group decide that they are going to start wearing masks and social distancing and, and, and taking this even more seriously uh, then then and only then will the numbers start to go down. Well, Sealands Grove had an orientation scheduled for their students and canceled it because they said they couldn't do it safely. So okay. if you can't do an orientation safely, how do you do a school well, I remember safely? those as mass hot room gatherings. Gatherings, Everybody's yeah. packed in. Well, but couldn't, can you do it safely? Well, not indoors. But, I, I mean, isn't think. that the same? Isn't that the same as having school? In other words, there, there are large numbers of people going up and down the halls and in and out of the rooms. Well, What's I, different? I, I don't know. At Chicken Lemmy, they're not going to have a phenomenally large number of people in the school. They're going to stagger the arrival times, stagger the school, the class times, so that, you know, e even if everybody lets out in one particular sequence at the same time, you'll only have 20 kids 
moving about at that moment so that you'll have you know you have an ability to keep social distancing going and if you require the masking you I think you'll be fine well, I'm sure dr. Bendel and his staff have given this considerable thought I know from our talk with him on the program that they've given a considerable thought but uh, you know it seems to me that this fl- situation is so fluid that the temptation is every day to rethink what it is you're planning on doing because of something you've heard or seen in the news uh, the number of cases coming around I what was three new cases in Snyder County? There were there were yeah, weeks. Just three. There were weeks though when Snyder County had no new cases. Yeah. So are three new cases alarming, or is that just to be expected because people are getting out now about more under the green? Um, what do you call? I won't call it restrictions. The green loosening up of the restrictions the governor had imposed. I would be completely unalarmed by that. You would. You know that's almost the normal background level of any ailment that exists in a community. And I, what really is frightening, I think, to a lot of people and concerns me is that what do you compare it to? You know, we're told we can't compare it to the flu, but yet I think the numbers bear some relationship to one another. And we're about to have the flu season start up again. So what are we going to be doing? Are we going to be saying, all right, uh, Mark may have the flu, but he may have COVID-19. Are we going to be testing everybody through the roof? You know, and when the flu season starts, the cold season starts. Uh, it seems to me we're going to have to either come up with something to stick to it and try and make it as safe as possible, or we're just going to be going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. one 800 our telephone number. If there's one thing we learned from Dr. DeRocco yesterday, it's that online is a compromise, but it's the safest, and that it takes a tremendous amount of time, really more than I really thought about or envisioned, to do an online school as good as it can be. You know, and even if it's be in its best form, it's a compromise. So that, that, that was surprising to me. So do you have an opinion about this, folks? Call us now on the Mark Sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. That's 1-800-795-9565. We would love to hear from you on this topic. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Uh, on the market, WKOK.com. We do have one email there that does not specifically relate to the coronavirus, so we could read that. Uh, you can text us at 70236. We do not have uh, any emails that uh, relate to. Oh, is that coronavirus? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, well, 70236 is the text connect number. Read that email. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to break. Nope. Uh, Schools are huge machines now. Perhaps it's time to dismantle them and go back to the one-room schoolhouse idea. With cyber learning, all abilities and levels could learn at their own pace. One certified teacher, a parent or grandparent, less bullying, less loss in the system, no long bus rides. Well, those are some interesting pluses, I guess you could say. Well, and would you not see if if I was a person of wealth and my school closed down, closed down, and I know a uh, a person who could teach the school, would I not start a school with uh, this person that I know that can teach, plus a couple other parents who could afford to pay said teacher? Could you not form a one-room school? <laughs> We already have the public school system, Mark. You're talking about reinventing the uh, wheel. No, I don't think you do have the public school system. I think they're closed. Well, Next we ha- topic. We have them. They're about to reopen. Right. I mean, isn't that the whole no, point I'm saying of education? If the, sc- if the public school is closed, why not form your own one-room school? 
We'll get Cindy O'Hara to teach it. And well, uh, so I have great respect for Cindy, but that's a harebrained idea you've just come up with. Oh, Start okay. our own school system. Our no, own. not a system. Just so a one-room one school. So how many one-room schools do you have in Me and a dozen Tobia? parents who can afford to pay a, a good teacher or two. So and it goes back again to white privilege. You have all this money, and you're going to spend it to educate your kids. What about the kids who don't have that kind of money? Well, I think we have a... Uh, uh, Got you there, buddy. You know, you can't wiggle out of that We have quite a few parents of color <laughs> around here who have uh, sufficient funds to kick in But not tuition. all across the country. Let's see. We need an alternative form of education that you pay for that would have some scholarships to low income that is set apart now, and now maybe a little bit faith-based. You're talking parochial schools. Why don't we just call them <laughs> the Catholic schools? <laughs> or it, there are many fine Protestant schools, too, run by mm-hmm. church organizations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even some in, some in our area, too. So, But I don't think that's the answer. I've said before, I think public education has to be as strong as it can possibly be. That mm-hmm. means the teachers' unions have to knock off some of the stupidity they have, that teachers need to give up tenure. They need to hold their jobs based on their ability, like the rest I'm of us nervous. in society do. I'm nervous. But we need to pay teachers what they're worth, which is more more than they're getting in most instances. Oh, brother. Here we go. All right. (laughs) 1-800-795-9565. Now you're going to break. (laughs) Right. Now I have to. I have to yell at you off, Mike. 1-800-795-9565. Should we start up one-room schools around here uh, and uh, get rid of these big box schools? We know big box stores aren't ideal, so what about schools? Should we we go back to tiny school districts? Uh, Should the Pine Knotter School District reopen? 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just listen. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trade and value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discount. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to kia.com. Papa John's wanted to surprise people, so we put Shaquille O'Neal live on video screens inside pizza boxes. Let's listen. It's pizza time. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing in a box? This is my new shakaroni pizza. Extra cheese, extra pepperoni right to the edge. Bigger slices of Papa John history, and it's bigger than pizza because one dollar each sale is donated to Papa John's Foundation for building community. Try the new shakaroni for just twelve bucks only at Papa John's. Offer good through eight twenty three twenty. Prices and participation may vary. Call Papa John's in Sealands Grove at five seven zero seven four three seventy four seventy four. Do you like new guns? How about old guns? What about new old guns? Or old new guns? Or new old new guns? Okay, now I'm just as confused as you are. But the point is, whatever kind of guns you like, the Little Sportsman Shop probably has them. With the area's largest selection, they keep up to date on the newest firearms and accessories and have a used gun section that is always well stocked. And did I mention they have layaway? The Little Sportsman Shop is your headquarters for whatever new or old gun you're looking for. Stop in today on Route 147 outside of Northumberland. The Little Sportsman Shop. They're anything but little. 
ManorCare is hiring. We are currently offering a $5,000 sign-on bonus for LPN and RN positions, and I invite you to find out more about joining our team. ManorCare offers full and part-time positions with competitive salaries, offering your choice of medical, dental, vision plans, 401k retirement, and even tuition reimbursement. Please apply today at jobs.hcr-manorcare.com or call 570-286-7121 and ask for JoJo to find out more about our exciting career opportunities that ManorCare is is currently offering. And now a game of commercial chicken brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So the the weather is just all over the place lately, right? One day it's hot and the next day it's uh it's windy for a while. It's like make up your mind already. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save big. Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. A spring season. We'll talk about it today. 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back to the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 on the coronavirus. Yes, one of our emailers says, Good morning, Mark and Joe. One of my biggest laughs through this whole corona pandemic is NFL football players. They are not the heroes that our police and our nurses and doctors and teachers, pastors, and even you guys are. So much for the NFL. Sissies. I wouldn't care if they didn't play this year. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. What will be, will be. All right. So, yeah, some players have opted out, you said. So that's probably what we're really focusing on there. Most of the players are playing, as near as I can tell. We start, uh, let's see, I think it's September 9th on Eagle 107 with the Eagles and right about then for the Steelers. I didn't see this, but uh, there were two interesting items in the news overnight that, that really got me. The first was Nancy Pelosi this morning on Fox News, admittedly. They ran a, re- a story about her coming down on President Trump for cutting back on the, uh, what do we call it, deductions, payroll deductions. Mm-hmm. She, what a terrible idea this is. It's going to destroy Social Security and Medicare. You know, he's reached grasping at straws. But don't we play catch up it's later? A, it's a bad idea. And then they mm-hmm. showed her in 2000 and uh, a few years back when President Obama did it, praising it. It was a smart idea. The man's a genius. And the reporter specifically asked her, do you think, do you worry at all about whether or not this is going to impact on Social Security? Oh, no, I don't (laughs) worry about that. You know, it isn't the hypocrisy, and it's on both sides. Hypocrisy in Washington. It's on both sides. But you know, this whole political season is, I think, I don't know how we're going to survive the next 100 days. And it used to get a break after the presidential election. You would go on for a while and, you know, you'd have some peace and quiet. But today, what we'll be doing immediately is talking about the midterm elections and whether President, whoever it is, is going to pick up seats or lose seats and who's going to run for Senate. Uh, another one. Oh, you don't have to answer that. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I will announce we're having a dilemma with the phone system. They can't hear Mark talking to them, so there's some sort of a dilemma there. Uh, ask Kevin. He built that phone system so he can fix that. <laughs> so, yeah, if you called, uh, go ahead and call back. We'll put you right on the air without the pre-screening. And, uh, well, assuming that they can hear us. <laughs> right. So, yeah, call back. Oh, yeah, they can hear us. Okay. Well, obviously can hear us. Why well, would he want to call We might not be able to show? hear them. We'll be able to hear them. Now, it's a dilemma with that phone system. Every so often, like, the batteries die or something, and you can't talk to them. I'm not sure what the dilemma is. Okay. But uh, we'll, well, then, we'll um, get her going. Thank you. The oh, other, now we have oh, calls, now we have so calls. ask okay. for them. Okay. Uh, good morning. You're on the mark. Is this Stan? 
Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah, we do have a dilemma over there. Hey, hold on one split second. All right, you hold on too, or you're going to be next. So stand by. All right. So back to Stan. Go okay. Ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Question, question <laughs> for you. Uh, you know, I know the school districts around here. Most most of them were talking about going back to school, having kids in the class. And when I was in school, there was usually more than one teacher for a specific subject per grade. I'm not sure if that's still the case or not. But if they decide to go to all online learning, will there be a need for that extra teacher? I think because the class size will be limited, the number of participants in each uh, class online will be limited because they're going to make it just like the in-class experience. In other words, the kids who are in the, actually physically in the building and the kids who are doing distance learning will be seeing the same thing at the same time, as I understand it. Right, all zoomed up together. Yeah, so... The, oh, I mean, the oh, okay, so what you're saying is they're not going to do go 100% online or 100% in, in, in school. Unless you choose the cyber option, in which case you'll be 100% online. Okay, all right. I, I mean, that was the only question because I'm thinking if they're going to go 100%, online they don't need all those teachers where you could have a massive class if you're not going to interact with the students you're just going to present to them there could right. be some cost savings there it was funny during the uh, spring pandemic the district said it, they didn't save any money you know they had slightly reduced busing costs and um, hvac costs and maintenance costs but ev there were higher costs in other areas so you know more technology and uh, of course they tried to get everybody in the district within the earshot of a uh, high-speed internet and some kids had to come into town in order to learn but uh, uh, but they said right. you know it was a wash and it ended up the whole year ended up costing them more well doesn't like uh, isn't some of their expenses contractual like busing and probably heating and stuff like that I, I I'm not sure I don't know how the school budgets work but I'm thinking some of that stuff's contractual, even if they're not used, like school buses. Right. Yeah. They don't have. They didn't have a fuel surcharge that's tied to their busing contracts. This is at chicken. Let me. But they had the right. rest of the busing. Con they still had to pay the company. You know, sort of for the labor kind of thing. But maybe when you renegotiate, you could say, look, if we're not having classes, can we come up with some sort of a offset stipend that isn't the full cost? You know. But then the bus companies don't have any reason to exist if they can't. If you don't honor your contract with them. They're not going to oh, be able Joe, to maintain their silly, buses. And silly statement. <laughs> I would wish that somebody would give me a stipend to do nothing. Well, I'm not talking about giving them a stipend. I'm talking about letting them do what they were contracted to do. In other words, if I pay them for doing nothing, what's their incentive to do anything? We'll call them you mean like, is that similar to unemployment? <laughs> That's I a whole other just, topic, Stan. As soon as, Joe, <laughs> as soon as Joe said paying them to do nothing, I know Stan was at the ready. <laughs> well, I like to feed Stan a good line from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's real similar. I mean, I understand. I you know bus bus companies can't stay in business if they have nobody to bus. You know, especially if their primary client is the school districts. You know, so and if they're going to do that, I, I don't know what the answer is. That's for people that get paid more than I do to figure out. <laughs> well, and Mark's idea of going back to one-room schools, I don't think is very practical hey, either. I think that's well, a no, great idea. Well, no, that I don't disagree with. I mean, if, 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 a, if a person, a family that has... You know, the, the, the money, and there again, they do need the money because the teachers aren't going to work for free, and I don't expect them to. If they want to have their students in a private 
plan. I guess they can do that now, right? People can do that, have private well, tutors. Homeschool, private, yes, private you can structures. homeschool. You can homeschool. No, you could make your own one-room schoolhouse in, in Danville. Stan's not a glonzillionaire, but he could probably kick out like 100 bucks a week. <laughs> I could kick out 100 bucks no. a week. Joe could. And then we would come up with a one-room schoolhouse. We'll put it, uh, we'll rent the back room at Biter's there in downtown Danville. And uh, we're going to call it uh, the, the Danville One-Room School Academy. Well, and we're going to bus my grandchildren from Sealands Grove parents. up there. <laughs> Lawrence's worthless idea. Parents will have to take care of transportation. So there's more than 100 <laughs> bucks that we're kicking in now. I've got to drive yeah. every day. <laughs> but I'm speculating. But, you know, if I, I just think it... It's worth considering. I would do it, especially because you just had Dr. DeRocco saying an in-person, collaborative, face-to-face thing is ideal. Get your kids tested for the COVID, stick them together in the one room, and away you go. How many kids are going to be in this one room? How many grades are you going to accommodate? I haven't thought it through yet. No, I can tell you <laughs> haven't thought it through. How hard do you think those teachers' union will push back on something like that? Oh, I, this is a private entity. When well, it doesn't matter. You, can, <laughs> you got you make fun of me for being impractical, but this is so wildly impractical it isn't oh, even come funny. On now it is not. It's perfect. All right, thank you so much, Stan. Thanks, thanks for Stan. checking thank in. Thank you. Glad yep. to hear from you, uh, Mike. Thanks for the most unusual screening process you've ever endured. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, man. Uh, I I don't really have a lot to add to this conversation other than just a couple of things. One is it's pretty much apparent now that the virus has been in the United States since probably last October, which comes down to about 10 months. So we've had the virus in the country for 10 months. And school is approaching. We've known, generally known about the virus uh, since January. Okay, so what is that? How many months since January? Eight months. And we saw, we knew this was coming and we, it, we're, we're down to two weeks, and schools are talking about programs, what they might do, what they're going to do. So I, I find it hard to believe that if down on the local level, people in charge are having as much trouble deciding how to open up the schools, that we want to hold the President of the United States responsible for this virus when it was here probably since last October, and he didn't do anything to stop it when it readily became apparent like i guess in january february time period so to me the whole thing i i, I don't know what to make of it to be honest with you okay well hmm. well you know, we know more we keep learning a lot more about it about how dangerous it is and how dangerous it is not how much kids transfer it and how much they don't um and we know that there's you know hundreds and hundreds of cases thousands of deaths in the u.s so i i, I think we're learning more you know it let's in the in pennsylvania there's what a thousand deaths or so uh let's suppose in the whole u.s there were only a thousand that would be a much different thing but you know now we have tens of thousands of deaths in the u.s so uh, we're learning more and we're learning for whom it is more serious plus different strains or have different uh, contagiability 
<laughs> oh, there's a new word. I made that one up. <laughs> but anyway, so, but uh, I, I see what you're saying. You know, if, if, if we started boning up on this in October, could we have not have either tamped it down or at least known what we could do almost a year later in schools? But uh, we are learning more. And the outbreaks go down, which when we were still under lockdown, you know, the outbreak was virtually uh, non-existent but around here, here. Here's what I was talking about earlier. I just looked this up. How m- I asked uh, Alexa or Google how many flu cases there were in 2019, just regular old flu that we have every year. There were 19 million cases in the U.S. last year. 19 million. Mm. So how many COVID cases have we had so far? Five million. Is that the correct number, I think, here in the United States? Oh, that's people tested. A lot of other people have it and don't get okay, tested. Okay, well, um, do you think 19 million people have the coronavirus? I, I doubt that. I would say probably less than that. Yeah, well, 5 million has been the actual number that we've identified, mm-hmm. and 19 million flu cases. Not all of them received the test, I don't think, but the vaccine. So what are we supposed to do this fall? Are we, will we get the flu or do we have COVID? How are we going to tell? Well, we're going to have to have Mike call back with his answer. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks for Thank checking you. in. Call back. We're talking about the coronavirus. Uh, We have a great email that relates to why do they keep saying that Kamala Harris is the first woman or the first black? She's neither. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News Time. It is now 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We got the phone fixed, so call us now. 1-800-795-9565. Who knew it had an extra on-off switch somewhere? We Nobody even knew that around here, but Mark figured it out. Mark Stevens, our great, uh, fabulous producer, is on board, so we appreciate his help and hard work. Now you can call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236 on the mark sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We do have a bit of an outbreak of coronavirus around here. 23 more COVID-9 cases have been confirmed in the Valley along with two more deaths in Northumberland County. In their daily update to Wednesday, State Department of Health confirmed Northumberland County now has a total of 15 deaths since the pandemic began along with 513 total cases overall since the pandemic began. Six new cases confirmed for Northumberland County, none of which are at the Milton Nursing and Rehab Facility. Fourteen new Union County cases have been confirmed, none of which are at the Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary. Now Union County has 276 cases overall. Snyder County has three new cases. Montour County had zero new cases. Statewide, 849 new cases and 33 deaths. There have been 7,300 deaths in Pennsylvania since the pandemic began uh, deaths associated with COVID-19. Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Association of School Administrators, Dr. Mark Taracco, emphasized yesterday during his interview that extracurriculars are critical. You know, all those things we want our kids to have, you know, they learn just as much of those uh, important life skills and life traits in uh, those environments as they do in the classroom. So, yeah, they're very, very important. 
Dr. DeRocker says the ideal learning environment is still in-person, full-time, collaborative in the classroom, but online options may be the safest. He even says even in its best form, online learning is a compromise compared to in-person classes. More financial help available for Northumberland County businesses and nonprofit to groups. The county's $8.2 million CARES grant will be distributed to uh, businesses that have incurred lo- cost losses because of the pandemic. They can also be used for additional prevention, preparedness, and response to the pandemic. You have to go to noricopa.net to apply for that. Mifflinburg Area School District says they'll push back three weeks. They were going to start next Thursday. Uh, they will instead start on September 8th uh, because of the new substantial uh, category listing for Mifflinburg schools. The PIAA wants to sit down with the governor and talk about possible options for fall sports. The PIAA executive director says in a letter to Governor Wolf that school sanctioned sports are in a better position than recreational leagues to ensure compliance with safety measures. Governor Wolf has issued a non-binding recommendation that youth sports be canceled until January. A spokesperson for Wolf said the administration has been in touch with the PIAA that governs high school sports. Some good news if you're associated with the hydrofracking industry. President Donald Trump's administration expected to undo Obama-era rules designed to limit greenhouse gas emissions from oil and gas fields and pipelines. Andrew Wheeler, administrator of the EPA, is expected to sign the rollback of the 2016 methane emissions rule when he visits uh, Pittsburgh today. Of course, hydrofracking, a very important business in Pennsylvania. Uh, Joe's going to be sad about this. A Philadelphia arts panel has cleared the way for the city to remove a 144-year-old statue of Christopher Columbus from a South Philadelphia park after the Explorer became the focus of protesters amid nationwide demonstrations. The Philadelphia Art Commission voted 8-0 to Wednesday with one member abstaining to place the now boarded-up statue at Marconi Plaza in temporary storage and requiring a report every six months on efforts to find a permanent home. City crews earlier built a wooden box around the statue in order to protect it from vandals. Why don't we put him on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria and just send set him, him adrift? Send him back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are they? Oh, Baltimore, they did, is it Baltimore where they dumped him in the bay? They dumped him in the bay, but okay. you said they pulled him back right, out again. Yeah, well, the city pulled him back out. <laughs> Not Columbus. the environmental protesters who dumped him in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pollution. All right, and finally, former Republican vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin is congratulating Kamala Harris on the historic nature of being selected as Joe Biden's running mate and offering some advice on how to best fill the role. Congrats, Palin wrote in an Instagram post. Climb upon Geraldine Ferraro and my shoulders, and from the most amazing view in your life, consider the lessons we've learned. A former Alaska governor, Palin was John McCain's running mate in 2008. Democrat Ferraro ran with Walter Mondale in 1984. Harris is the first black woman to run for vice president on a major party ticket. Palin's post included a series of tips for Harris, including... Trust no one new. Fight mightily to keep your own team with you. Don't get muzzled. And don't forget the women who came before you. 
She also warned Harris that Yahoo's running campaigns will suffocate you with their own self-centered agenda and urged Harris to stay connected with America as you smile and ignore deceptive handlers by trying to, who are trying to change you. McCain and Palin were defeated in 2008 by Barack Obama and his running mate, Mr. Joe Biden. And neither one of us could remember who Hillary Clinton's running mate was. <laughs> yeah, honest, that was awful. I, I had no I had to look it up. clue. Now I don't even remember his first name again. Tim. Tim oh, Kane. Tim Kane. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Who knew? Talk about an asterisk relegated to <laughs> obscurity. Asteriskosity. Actually, as vo- former vice presidential candidates go, he w- was rather obscure. I mean, we know a lot about Palin, and we know a lot about well, some of the other. Hillary, yeah, Hillary is a vice presidential candidate. Well, she would not a vice presidential candidate, mm-hmm. no. No. Anyway, we have an email from one of our listeners who says, according to the Washington Post, Harris is not the first black woman to run for vice president. And her Car- Carlotta Bass, who ran on the Progressive Party ticket in 1952. Why does the press so casually dismiss the many women who have run for these high offices? An easy check of Wikipedia yields a substantial list of women who have run for the highest office. But I think the difference is here that these are not major party candidates. Uh, Shirley Chisholm ran for president in 1972, and I think she did run on the Democratic ticket, but she didn't get anywhere, as did Cynthia McKinney in the last election cycle. Tulsi Gabbard ran in the recent Democratic primary. She is a Samoan-American. Patsy Mink was the first Asian-American to run for president. And in 1872, Victoria Woodhull became the first female presidential candidate. And, of course, she couldn't even vote for herself because women didn't get the vote until 1920. Right. So, there you go. And Clinton was also often, uh, Hillary Clinton was also referred to, often referred to by the press as the first woman well, to run the for Astrid president. the major party candidate, I guess, to actually get the nomination and run well, for it. What party was Woodhull? Uh, probably a Democrat in those days. She might have been a Republican. I'm not familiar with her run, and I don't think it was very serious because she couldn't vote. Okay. I mean, women didn't have the right to vote. There, I remember, I think she got arrested, as my memory serves me, uh, for daring to register or to get her name out there. I forget what she may have done, but it was part of the suffragette movement. Why don't you click on it? I will. It will refresh my memory. Shuffer, suffragettes in 72, isn't that too soon? 1870? No, the women were fighting for the vote for a long time. Okay. I mean, it's not like they just woke up one morning in 1919 and said, let's start the fight. Wikipedia says she was an American leader of the women's suffrage movement. Joe, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> in 19, or check that, in 1872, she ran for president of the U.S. While many historians and authors agree that Woodhull was the first woman to run for president of the U.S., some have questioned that priority given issues with the legality of a run. They disagree with classifying it as a true candidacy because she was younger than the constitutionally mandated age of 35. Woodhull's 35th birthday, birthday was in September of 1873, Seven months after the March inauguration would have been for her. Uh, however, election coverage by contemporary newspapers does not suggest age was a significant issue. This may, however, be due to the fact that few took the candidacy seriously. Right, because she had no, re- no, no way to vote for herself. Wasn't allowed to vote. Okay. So, there you go. All Historical right. sidelights to the what we're well, enduring today. Uh, are, are we... So, so now we have our first major party vice presidential candidate who's black. Uh, are, can, can we be done with the first now? Black can, and can, a woman. Can well, we first st- black woman. Oh. There, has there been a black man run for vice president? No, I don't believe so. Has there? 
not on a major party a ticket. A black woman for vice president? No. That's Kamala Harris. I know, it? but I said, has there been a black man? You said the first black. Oh, Was there okay. ever a black man that ran for vice president on a major party ticket? Not that I'm aware of. Not that of. I'm aware of either. No. So. So, you know, the thing that gets me is that Joe Biden got a lot of pressure to pick a woman of color. I guess he got mm-hmm. a letter from 100 black leaders saying, make it a black woman. Okay. So the time. did he pick the best candidate or did he pick the best candidate that fit that criteria? That fit that criteria. Well, yeah, right. Can, can you not always say that about every presidential candidate sure. or vice president ever? You know, They used to pick them to balance the ticket geographically. If you're from Pennsylvania or get somebody from California to run with you, balance the ticket. Whitman, what was her first name, in Michigan? She thought she was picked just because she's smart. Now, she is smart. She probably would have got a president, but she's also in Michigan. Right. <laughs> Let's keep state. that in mind. Well, it's so. like John uh, John Kennedy needed Lyndon Johnson, who was a very bitter opponent during the convention. He needed him to carry Texas. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. So, so. even though they didn't like each other and Brother <laughs> Bobby hated him, they picked Lyndon Johnson to be vice president. Right. And guess what? They might have lost if they hadn't. Probably would have lost if they hadn't, or if Daddy hadn't bought all those votes in Illinois. But that's another topic. Uh, one of our good listeners says, speaking of Kamala, her mother is from Jamaica. Her father's from India. My question is, I only thought black people came from Africa or that area. I thought brown people were like India and Jamaica. Am I wrong? Uh, I think Jama- people Jamaica refer to themselves as black now if you're just a person of of dark color, I guess. Well, I would suspect Jamaica, uh, they took slaves there in the early you know, they had what sugar oh, plantations yeah, the down came there, from so all over down in that yeah, whole broad region, yeah. And so they used them for the crops they grew in Jamaica, the, the, either the tobacco or the sugar. I forget which it is in Jamaica. I think it's sugar, maybe wrong. So you have all these things, and um, I guess today we do carry. If you're a person of color, you're considered what black or brown. Is that proper? What's that? You can say that now, yeah. For okay. a while it was not ideal, but uh, now referring to blacks as black is okay again. Okay, so, but, and, and Negro is out. Uh, <laughs> I don't hear it anymore, so I don't I'm, either. I'm so assume I guess, so. <laughs> assume so, okay. Well, you know, we have a lot of unusual things. Did you hear about the judge out in western Pennsylvania who has been disciplined by the state for referring to a female juror as Aunt Jemima? Uh, she was a oh. black woman who wore a bandana around her head as she was in a jury. And after the trial, he was referring to her as Aunt Jemima. Now, that's kind of racially insensitive. Yeah. I'm glad they did take the guy off the bench. What should he be referred to as? as juror number, number seven. seven. Right. Isn't that funny? We guessed the, the number seven together. Well, I, I could tell which way your mouth was oh, going. Oh, could you? Okay. <laughs> All right. One of our good listeners says, uh, sniggering, is that a, a real word? Sniggering, I believe it is, yes. Okay. I wonder at Trump supporters sniggering about Biden. Do sniggering you, could be the Yeah, word. that's more common, but maybe that's what it might not be what it means. Do they remember grab them by the privates? Do they know that Trump can't block the current defamation suit in a rape case? I'm, I'm afraid those are too many fragments clumbled together. I don't get it. Uh, I'm not certain I do either. Than, thank you so much for calling in. You're on the mark. Hi, I was just listening to the discussion about uh, Kamala Harris, who, by the way, I think is an absolutely, uh, let's say, very responsible person for the job. And so I'm very happy with that. But I have a friend from Jamaica 
who tells me, and I did look it up and it's true, that the Jamaican black came from Africa, of course, but it was under many different super, uh, circumstances, and now uh, they are known as, among other things, uh, Caribbean Negroes. So she comes from Caribbean Negro and Indian uh, ancestry, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. All right. That's different designations. And slavery was the reason that some uh, uh, of these individuals... I, uh, in reading the stories about it, it seemed like they reached there at a different time and for different reasons. One of them was, I think, a lot of ships sunk uh, near Jamaica and people swam ashore or something like that. I was just hmm. interested in that uh, that uh, uh, okay. designation of Caribbean Negro. Yeah, interesting. Okay. All right, so you like her as a pick? You think she's satisfactory in your view? Oh, I think she's very well qualified. I think she's going to irritate a lot of people. But uh, we have a president right now whose uh, course in irritation is taken by about 30% of our people, and they like to keep people irritated for no reason. She'll irritate them for the right reasons, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> What's the right reason to irritate somebody, Than just out of curiosity? Well, all you have to do, for instance, is ask Mike Pence or Donald Trump, how are you doing as president or vice president? And they will tell you they're doing the most amazing, genius job you can imagine. And she'll say, no, you're not. Let me prove it. <laughs> that is that is irritating to Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who says, I'm sorry, I question your judgment, even though I, I understand it. He says, okay, you're out of here. You're no good. And, I mean, this is, this Joe, I love your role models for your grandson. If this is who it is, I think you better watch your grandson carefully. Who's the, what are you saying? Explain that. Well, yeah, where do you come uh, up with this stuff? You're, you're uh, pulling Trump this out of somewhere in left a, field. I'm sorry, go ahead, I said, you're pulling this from somewhere out in left field. I never said Trump was a hero of mine. You don't actually listen to this program. You don't actually hear what I say. Yeah. I have th things I'm oh, seriously no, no. concerned I about, Donald Trump. Say, but you're saying he's a role model for my grandchildren. For doing it, and I disagree. You say he's a role model for my grandchildren. What have I ever said? that my? Well, I think my grandchildren no, ought no, to no, follow no. Donald it, Trump. No, the president of the United States is always considered a role model. Well, you made it sound well, personal, like it was my personal role model that I'm well, sharing. Well, I would say but your personal role model is one of those people who will be changed in their way of thinking by this president. And I think that that's important to remember. And I, I, you know, I kind of think about everybody's grandchildren, not just mine or yours. And I think this is a bad situation. Well, what about for the, the what about the people who like Donald Trump and have grandchildren? Are these stupid people? Are they misguided? Are they, you know, are they criminally inept? I'm not uh, yes. They are, okay. <laughs> no, so because I'm they kidding. disagree with no, you... of course not. They have a different idea than I do. I, of course, 
think that my idea is more the American ideal of getting ahead, of helping the poor. But you, of, you like them, uh, you slam them. Care of the country. You slam them for liking Trump, and yet you don't see anything wrong with you not liking him or want to be slammed for that. Well, uh, don't forget. You're uh, pretty intolerant. You're actually pretty intolerant. Studying about Donald Trump before he got elected, and we found out what kind of a scam artist and crook he really is. And we found that same thing out about Hillary Clinton. Him in that position, and yet you voted for Hillary Clinton, who was also a scam artist and crooked. Oh, Oh, okay, uh, Joe. Yes, and Santa Claus is not real. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, odd coming uh, from you. I, I just, I just want to say, I think Kamala will do a good job as vice president, and I think Joe Biden is going to do a good job as president. And yeah, Joe, like us, he's getting a little old. He's going to forget where he is once in a while because <laughs> we all do that. But he's going to know how to be a president, which our current guy has no idea what he's doing. Well, I, I disagree with you. I think our current guy does have an idea about what he's doing, and I think he, Joe Biden Mel, may well be a great president. I just won't be in the United States of America. <laughs> well, I uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, uh, what, I'm I sure there's a lovely stamp of approval lovely of Caribbean the island of somewhere, the lovely Caribbean island somewhere that would love to have him as their leader. Oh, come on. American Samoa. <laughs> okay. Okay, Joe. I, I, you know, I, I say we have a real election here and we have to think about it. And uh, putting up little bumper sticker things like that uh, doesn't help. But what the heck? They're cute. Thank well, you so much, Stan. But I got get the strong feeling that if I was talking on the other side, you'd be agreeing with me. <laughs> oh, no, no. Wait a minute. I, I really am upset with your thinking, and a whole lot of the people that call you, that we must be stupid if we don't agree with you. No, that's not true. It's America. We don't agree with you. That's the only thing. And we get that opinion. Uh, uh, calcified when we vote. Well, let me ask you this question, Than. If you say to me, Joe, you're stupid. I think you're stupid. And five other people say to me, I like Joe. Doesn't that make them stupid, too? Aren't you calling everybody names who disagrees with you? you, I think you're not going to... I think you're going to hear me not call people stupid. I'm not going to do that. And no, I disagree with you, Joe. I don't think you're stupid. No, but I think you, you're misled. You insult and I Donald think you Trump. you have the wrong idea of what we should be doing. I think we should be uh, closing down for the virus until we can get back to work. When we get back to work, we can do it successfully if we do it through science rather than through silly statements about it's going to go away in a week or two. Well, what about the, the medical professionals who say it's important for kids to get back into school? And what about the medical professionals who say it's important for the country to open up and people to resume a normal life? These are all people that are foolish and stupid. Now, I don't know where you come up with the idea that well, you I said, call people Well, you said stupid. we should I shut down. because you're reflecting on yourself. You said we should but, shut down. I'm, I'm just repeating what you said. You said that we, if it made sense, we would shut down until we could open up safely. Uh, well, you see, I, I follow Fauzi and, uh, and the uh, young lady Bricks. They are doctors. They are scientists in the field. And I kind of agree 
that they know more than we do about what's going to happen if we open up too and quickly. Which, which so one far, of them, they've been proven cor- uh, correctly. Neither one of them have ever said we shouldn't open up at all. And that's what you're oh, saying. No, 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 no. Uh, we should close down like other countries have, sensibly and wisely, not just throwing things at the wall, but do it wisely. Other countries are way below us in infections, in deaths per capita, and there's a reason for that. We never got our act together. Disagree with you, but thanks for your opinion. <laughs> Thank you okay, so much, Stan. Thanks a lot for letting me be an opinion on the show. Oh, you are. You're always that. an opinion. Right. Thank you. Are one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. What's the best thing about President Trump? What's the best thing about Joe Biden? Call us right now and tell us. We'll be right back. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just listen. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trading value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Yeah, Joe, you're a fiduciary, (laughs) buddy. (laughs) All right, one of our listeners says, Mark, as you said about COVID-19, we're still learning about it, so please tell me, with all these problems, why are they Trump's fault? He did what he's done with the knowledge that the experts have given him, and all that knowledge was constantly changing. So what's a person to do? Yeah, I've never been super duper on the big, oh boy, Trump killed us all, you know, he had blood on his yeah, hands. Well, you know, these I'm same never people really on that. I agree with what Joe said about two months ago. It's a no-win situation. Same with the governor. You know, you go to save lives, you, 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 hurt, you hurt businesses, you go to open them up, and then the pandemic spreads. Well, these same people who want to blame Trump for everything don't have any unkind words to say about Governor Cuomo, who pushed old people into nursing homes with COVID so they could die there. Well, they falsely say that about Secretary Levine. They too. were talking about having a, a hearing. Well, yes, yeah, Secretary Levine pulled her mother out of that situation. That's not a true statement either. Keep yes, going. It, no, no it is. No, she pulled her mother statement. out. No, her mother was not in a nursing home. She was in a personal care home. And her mother, who was uh, quite lucid in her upper 80s, I believe. Says she wanted out. Yes. You believe that, huh? So you, you're certain Dr. Levine is a no, liar? No, I'm not and, certain. And you have evidence not for that. Not certain effect. at all, but I'm just saying if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Mm, okay. Based on absolutely no evidence. You can't see in the bill or the web feet or the feathers. But, but I heard the certain. quacking. I heard the right. quacking. Right. Uh, so if you wish to convince, if anybody's a salesperson out there, Joe just needs the slightest hint that there may be truth in your statement, and he'll buy what you have. So please contact a mayor. Do you, smell, do you smell what I'm cooking? <laughs> yeah, it's baloney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dan, we were just talking about you. We're wondering, we need somebody to stick up for the president. And I'll bet you're that hey. fellow. 
Well, you can you can count on that, my friend. Is you know the reason I can revote for Trump? Promises made, promises kept. Trump kept over half of the promises he's made. <laughs> that means he has not kept half of his promises, right? Oh no, over half. All right, over half, and he. The, the Democratic Party with this COVID-19 made it so he, they're trying to kill Trump's economy. And it, it's working partly, but not the way they'd like it because the stock market's up, um, I guess, back to where it was before this COVID-19 started. So... Not He's quite, right. not quite. It's climbing, but it's not. Well, maybe the S. Oh, the S and P is. Yes, I'm sorry. But what they're, what Biden and his group are saying, the unemployment's very, very high now because of Trump. Well, duh, it was their COVID nineteen that made the, made this, made the unemployment low. They put in half the, not half, but a lot of the people out of work. Maybe half the restaurants and bars. They're destroying Trump's economy. And this is no, not no accident. I'm not naive enough to believe this is not a planned idea to get Trump out of office. They, they failed on Russia hoax and everything else, but they, this is their plan, COVID-19. Now, we can finally get rid of President Trump. And and it's not gonna work. It, it's not gonna work. They're gonna be awful upset after the election. The only way they can win, the only way is cheat. And they're trying that too with these write-in ballots. It's, and that's the only way they can win if they can cheat Trump out of office, and uh, it's not going to work if they do it legitimately. Legitimately, I can't say the word. So you're saying that the yeah. election is going to be rigged if the president wins, or not rigged if the president wins, but rigged if he loses? Well, it's going to it's going to look that way. We'll wait and see, Joe, what how it comes out, what for shenanigans they pull. But you don't you think it's possible the president will pull any shenanigans? You don't think well, he'll pull the any shenanigans? in charge of the U.S. Postal Service, mm-hmm. ultimately, so... Well, they think he is pulling shenanigans there. What? Some people are saying he's pulling shenanigans by defunding the post office oh, when they might right. be yeah, very important. They're doing this big technology changeover right. now so that there'll be glitches then. I will see. But I promise you, Joe, he's going to win in, in Pennsylvania everywhere but Philadelphia and Scranton and maybe he might even get Pittsburgh this time <laughs> but I promise you he's going to win in all through our area I dare you to dr- get on 304 at Winfield and drive to Mifflinburg you count the Trump signs and big plaques that are out. Are there any Biden signs? Well, you know, why don't you drive through Philadelphia and give me the count there, too, Dan, just to be easy about it and, you know, make sure we're in agreement. Thank you so much. 
he'll, I do, I suppose, Biden will win Philadelphia. They they always vote Democratic, it don't matter what. And the T always and, votes Republican, it doesn't matter what, here uh, in Pennsylvania. I don't. I don't vote Republican myself, no matter what, but there are people here in town, which you would know the name, I won't mention it. They vote Democrat. I don't care if the devil was running, they would vote Democratic. They'd have a big sign out. You can count <laughs> on it. Vote for the they devil. No <laughs> All right. No, thank you, you so much, Dan. You thank, his, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you imagine his campaign slogan? His campaign slogan was "Vote for the devil." Vote for the devil and go to hell. Yeah, the nation's <laughs> gone down to H-E double toothpicks. All right, uh, we got callers lined up, but when we come back, uh, we'll be uh, hitting those phones. And there's one line open if you'd like to occupy it. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Mark Stevens doing a fabulous job on. On the mark, so we appreciate that. And we will be right back. All right, uh, Joe, text, texter's choice. Pick right, one of uh, the rest of this comment is the government wants big bailouts for the richest people who are in so much debt. There are about 60 in Congress who owe $25,000 in student debt and about eight who owe more than $100,000. They want to keep this $100 million an hour or $100 million an hour debt going. Uh, this $1,200 check to Americans will cost us about $21,000 to pay back. Well, the Great Depression is coming. It will make our dollar devalued, and it will be a nightmare. All right. Thank Hope you you're wrong. That. All right. And to Joseph. Joseph, thank you so much for being patient. You are on the mark. Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hanging in. How about you? Perfect. Pretty good, thank you. I was just listening to Dan there. I, I was, uh, well, he pretty well covered a lot of things, but uh, in line with President Trump, he has, uh, with NATO, he's made them and trying to make them, and they have uh, uh, put money in the ante where they weren't paying up. Uh, he got out of the Iran deal, and he's uh, built quite a bit of a wall. He's very strong on helping ICE and uh, the illegals that come in here that are uh, felons, trying to get them out. And, of course, the economy. Uh, now, I know Obama and Biden claim it's that he's riding on their economy. They started it. But, um, and so many other things. But the one most important thing, and th this, is, this is paramount to everything, is him recognizing the capital of Israel being Jerusalem. No other president had the intestinal fortitude to do that. And he'd done that. He'd done it actually on a jubilee year, which was 2017. The British, when they came, uh, became the, very powerful in this after the Second, First World War, when General Allenby liberated Jerusalem again, and they, uh, they, had, they declared uh, the Belfort Decree. I don't know if you know what that is, but Lord Belfort decreed a homeland for the Jews, uh, recognizing the Jewish people to have a homeland in what they call Palestine. And so Yahweh blessed the, the British because of that, and he'll bless the United States because of what President Trump did. Uh, President Obama was against uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, of course, he was against Israel as a state, and we know that by the things that he did uh, uh, for the PLO and different things like that, and recognizing uh, the Arabs more uh, enthusiastic than the state of Israel. And so uh, 
Bible prophecy, in other words, if you read your Bible, there's no nation that comes into, any nation that comes into contact with Israel for good or for evil, that's when they get recognized. Uh, you go back to Egypt, uh, look what he did to Egypt. He destroyed them in the Red Sea. Uh, the, the Amorites, when they come out of Egypt, he destroyed them with his people Israel. And throughout history, and even our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, he said in Luke 21, 24, and this is very important, that Jerusalem would be trodden down by Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, and that Israel would uh, suffer by the edge of the sword. Well, that happened in the year 1967, in the pagan month of June the 7th, it was delivered. And by the way, that was another jubilee year, when it's a year of release in the Bible. And so in the Ottoman Empire, after 400 years of having power over Israel and over Jerusalem, all right, so how does uh, 1917... That how does that relate to contemporary times? Bring it all yeah. the way back to President Trump. And, and right, exactly. And President Trump was the one that did that, and he did it in the Jubilee year, and uh, and that that's very important. Okay. And Yahweh is going to bless this country for what he did. Just now, I know the enemies uh, that stand up against that, of course, uh, it, it all goes back to the war between <laughs> light and darkness, I'll put it that way, right. between Satan and uh, Yahweh's people. Incidentally, right. it was you. the Balfour Declaration that you were making reference to. Right. Yes. Thank you so much, Joseph. Appreciate the call. Let's see who is next. Eric. Uh, goes to Eric. Eric, thank you so much for calling in. You're on the mark. You're welcome. <laughs> We're happy to take your call, Good Eric. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> happy Thursday morning. Great to speak with you again. Uh, Joseph, uh, yes, uh, uh, President Trump did one thing, uh, recognizing Jerusalem. But as a Christian, I look at, at a person uh, and what they're representing to the country overall, uh, since we're bringing religion into discussion this morning. Um, and I, I don't find that uh, President Trump is someone I consider a, a loving, compassionate uh, Christian based upon his treatment of women and of minorities and so forth. But that's not the reason I called. Uh, trying to do a little bit of history with you gentlemen, as I like to do from time to time. Uh, Jamaica was actually uh, one of the first islands discovered by, if not by Christopher Columbus, then by people immediately following him. The first slave was brought to Jamaica. Care to guess what year? I'd say probably 1740. No, I'd somewhere. say 1590. 1513. Really? I didn't think in less than a generation of the well, time that you. the islands were discovered, if not Christopher Columbus, then his, his immediate predators, uh, people coming after him, introduced slavery. So if you look at that in that context, I think you can see why so many people are upset about what Christopher Columbus represents. Now, you uh, there were uh, in Jamaica. They, they think about 600,000 slaves brought there over the 300 years. Wonder, wonder why so many were brought in, because uh, they didn't survive. They worked them to death. Actually, to uh, death just so you know, King. Columbus did land in Jamaica. He did discover it. But what? He didn't discover it. It was already there. He, well, he discovered uh, Hispaniola, and eventually Well, then who discovered it? We can't say anybody discovered America, because it was already here. Right. Well, Okay. <laughs> That's Mark. No, I believe but, he discovered But anyway, uh, just to finish my point, and, and I'll let others call, uh, what happened was there was a triangulation. Now, Pence, or, uh, the United States was not was complicit in this because uh, our uh, folks made rum, especially up in New England, 
rum comes from sugar. Okay, so we were we would take the sugar from Jamaica, we would bring it to New England and distilleries. We'd distill it, then take it over to Europe and sell it. Uh, the British were famous for loving rum. In fact, their their British sailors had something called grog, which was rum mixed with water, which was a ration on on British ships. And then we would just stop and just stop by uh, Africa, pick up some slaves, take them down, and sell them down in Jamaica. So we were why all kind of complete. Why were slaves taken to Jamaica? Where? Why? From work where? the fields. To work uh, the fields. To to the sugar cane. The sugar cane was made sugar, in Africa. Sugar, right? That was their big crop. And yeah, uh, and, and it was it's a terrible it's a terrible hard work, and they worked in the depth. That's why they had to import. Anywhere between six hundred thousand and a million slaves over three hundred years. Jamaica is not that big of a place. I mean, so yeah. Gotcha. Uh, All right. So if uh, if we can see that that there is some reasons for uh, concerns about Christopher Columbus, uh, if you go back to to the history. All right. Noted. But still, you can't ignore the fact that the guy did get on three leaky boats and sail across a, an unknown universe when everybody thought he was going to drop off the edge of the earth. I mean, you got to give the guy some credit for he being a, a intrepid, very, if nothing else. A very daring, ravenous murderer. So we really... <laughs> Agreed, but then what happened after that? I guess that's the... I mean, he enslaved enslaved the peoples of, of the, the local indigenous populations, and they were practically wiped out, and, and then the uh, African-Americans brought in to work the fields for the the uh, owners who were white. Well, actually, they were more likely wiped out by the diseases the conquistadors brought with them. Uh, again, what, what was brought things. in by right. the, uh, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. we yeah. got to go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Eric. you, gentlemen. Appreciate yeah, it. Really appreciate it. All right, stand and what about Vasco da Gama? What are we going to do about him? <laughs> What about Naomi? We'll be right back. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just plus it. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trade and value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to kia.com. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, texter's Choice. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, one of our texters says, So, Chris, what about Kamala Harris and her slave-owning ancestors? Should she be canceled? All right. Chris, thank you so much for waiting for so Different much, Chris. very long. You're on the mark. Slave holding, holding ancestors. Is that India? We don't no, know. that was in Jamaica. Oh, she was. Uh, she, her ancestors owned slaves. Apparently, they did. Says so. Oh, some of them did. Apparently. I don't know. Some of George Washington owned them, too. If we're, I, guess that, we're I remind Dan, by the way, that uh, he didn't do so well in his prognostications on the midterms. <laughs> well. Since he's always reminding us that the news didn't do well in the 
Well, he's undeterred. He's certain about this election. He he should maybe be a little deterred also and maybe improve (laughs) his system of calculation somewhat. And uh, let's see, boy, you're reminding me of triangular trade and all that stuff. Wow, what a show. (laughs) We got it all. I think Joe Malarkey has been present a lot today. (laughs) Name-calling, unproven assertions against uh, various people. Surprised to hear you talking about Biden that way. Uh, unproven assertions, Joe Malarkey. No, that's the wrong Joe, Joe. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, your pal Biden's favorite word, malarkey. Yeah, 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 and you sure know how to spout it. All right, I'm the Eastern yeah, Distributor. Just make up charges. Well, you don't have any evidence on that. Well, yeah, but if it smells like a duck and looks like a duck and looks you don't find it like a duck, oh, you don't find it yeah, interesting. Well, let's say, uh, boy, what does uh, what does Trump smell talk? <laughs> but see, like? that's the difference. A crook. <laughs> yeah, right. See, now you're willing to accept that at face value, but when somebody well, questions somebody you like, proof on that he's cheated on his taxes. And there's, there's proof, proof that on that he cheated on his inheritance taxes. There's proof on that, Joe. And there's proof that uh, he, Dr. Levine he, uh, took her mother out he of the home. on his businesses. There's, there's proof, proof on that, Joe. There's proof that Dr. Levine. Jury, Joe. There's proof that he Dr. Had, Levine took her mother out of the nursing home. False. Proof, proof on that too. <laughs> there is no false. And you admit you didn't have any evidence for it already, so you repeat it. That's I'm just Trump. saying. You're I'm just saying more that's Trump like every day. I just more said it's. Calling, I just more said if it, assertions repeated after you've been told there's no proof. Well, after you tell me, yeah, no right. You believe Keep there's no proof. It. You believe there's no proof, but the other people see proof and see things, and we oh, accept well, them, and you <laughs> don't. People see. Well, give me the proof, Joe. You said you didn't see the proof. Her mother was no that's, longer uh, in that's the home. What I'm talking about. It doesn't matter whether I do. You admitted you do, and yet you repeat it. There's. Uh, the, what was widely reported in the news, Chris? I didn't make this stuff up. It was yeah, widely yeah. reported. I heard an inaccurate news report that was poorly phrased, and I changed the wording a little bit to produce this statement. Sounds like Trump to me. Doesn't to me. And then what else has Trump done? Oh, he's uh, he's politicizing the post office, possibly for election benefit, which is pretty clear. He wasn't interested in the post office at all. Until a mail-in voting became a thing. Well, what can we do to mess that up and, and create distrust of the system? Oh, I'll, 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 I'll take, take it over and change overtime rules and slow up the mail, and that'll, that should do it. How much yeah, money do you think he, idea. How much money should he give the post office? What do you want? Well, uh, the post office should probably get, uh, first of all, the Republicans have been trying to get rid of the post okay. office. And they already changed the. Now you're going on to something else. We're talking about the president. Try to bankrupt it, and now he doesn't want to give any money to the post office. It's 90 days before the. uh, Chris, hold on. It's 90 days before the election, Chris. How much money? money Just a second here. Just a second. How much money? Do you want him to do, and what do you think he can do in 90 days with that money to solve the problem you think is going to happen? He shouldn't be trying to ruin it and cause sowing doubt. All right, we got to take another caller. Sowing doubt? Thank you so much. How do you sow a doubt? Appreciate the call. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody got four minutes today. Lance, (laughs) last caller, you get a minute. Okay, what we forget is who financed Chris, okay? And that was the Spaniards. And the reason why was the Pope still thought the world was flat. 
So, um, matter of fact, they had executed a lot of people for saying it was round. But what I'm saying is, how come we're not pulling down all these Hispanic statues? We, we revel in those. What Hispanic statues? Well, I'm sure there's some somewhere. <laughs> well, you, how do you know we revel in them if you don't know where they are or who they're to? Well, no, well, no. But what we where we do is that uh, you know those folks are all put upon and everything like that. And uh, can't we blame the Spaniards for uh, financing Chris? All right, we we should. Actually, it was the Portuguese. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll never Boy, do hey, that again. You are a real history buff. Stand in awe. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, great to hear from you, Lance. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Joe, have a great uh, three-day retirement length in the weekend. This is WDK OK Sunbury, 10 o'clock.